Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, and welcome back to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Today we have Danny Cortinada with us, and he's a serial entrepreneur and business investor. Uh, he's a president of a company called Wavenhobs, and it's a first-class digital media agency, and they have offices both in Europe and the U.S. Uh, their platform, 433, is one of the biggest digital sports content brands globally, and they have a companies with over 50 million followers, and they have over a billion views per week across their platforms um so i wanted to invite danny on the line today to kind of talk more about his like digital sports secrets and share a little bit about his journey that kind of led him up to where he is today so um before we get into anything danny do you want to take a moment to kind of introduce yourself and let people know who you are and kind of how you ended up in this position yeah of course and thank you first of all for having me really appreciate it so my name is, uh, is danny yeah, thank you. So my name is Danny. Uh, I'm the uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur and managing partner now uh, within One Has and Forty Three. I built a couple of businesses the last few years, but let's uh, let me introduce our our most recent project. Um, so we have three companies in total. Baller, that's our fashion brand. It's a lifestyle brand actually. So we have our own stores in the Netherlands. Seven. We expanded the business to Germany. Japan, UK, but also here to the United States. And it is really about the lifestyle of a soccer player. So my, my partner, my business partner, is also a pro former soccer player. And we sell this in more than 150 countries. Did a lot of partnerships, for example, with Puma and Anthony Griezmann. But also, for example, we have our own Rolex, a black one. Again, it's really about the lifestyle of a soccer player. Then we have 433 and one and a half, and that's my responsibility. So 4.3 is actually the biggest sports community in the world in terms of views. So we have more than 50 million followers on this channel and more than 1 billion views per week. Very well connected with athletes. So, for example, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is following the channel Pogba, Paul Pogba, Eden Hazard. Almost 20,000 professional players are following the channel and also react actively on this channel. And we do also much more for the athletes. So content creation, but also managing their social networks and commercial deals. And one half, that's the digital media agency. So the core business is creating content. But the reason why we're doing business, for example, with Nike or Adidas, Puma, uh, Budweiser, Heineken, is that we have the big following base online and we do social media management. So, for example, a uh, big retailer in Europe, Intersport, uh, they do actually almost 11 billion revenue, have almost 6,000 stores, very strong offline. We are responsible for all their online communication. Uh, we have 220 people um, working for us around the globe. The head office is in, is in Amsterdam. That's where it started. I've built one of us actually from scratch. Then I moved to New York two years ago to open our second office. And now I moved recently to L.A. to open our third office. Oh, that's pretty awesome. So I think from what you kind of said, like a lot of people who kind of enter into the world of entrepreneurship, who kind of go out there and build businesses, like um, most of their youth, they kind of have a strong tie and a strong pull into the world of sports. And uh, even considering a lot of my business partners, like they have backgrounds where they are passionate about American football or European soccer. And um all these different uh, things from like track and field, and it seems that um, for you, you've able you've been able to go out there and manifest that childhood fa uh, passion and kind of turn it into a reality. What do you think were some of the defining moments that really helped you carve that path out so you could create such a large institution in the field of sports? Yeah, great question. So, uh, yeah, I'm very happy that I can combine it, right? So my entrepreneurial spirit and building companies, combining with sports, because I love sports already my whole life, and now combining it in, in one venture, that's what I really like. But uh, if we go back, 
Uh, it started within the corporate world, 10 years working for big corporate organizations like Vodafone or Sony, T-Mobile. Then started my first real company as an entrepreneur. My dad is also an entrepreneur, my grandfather, so I really want to start in my own business. I started with a production company called Enterprise Media with my former business partner, a really creative guy, and we started build this, building those, uh, this venture Working for Disney Channel, uh, ABN, and different other ventures and, and companies, I sold that company. After that, I started with another company together with an investor um, that was actually uh, a screen protector based on nanotechnology. So I was leveraging my network and all the things that I built up during my corporate um, career. And after that, then it uh, started where I could combine so my sports passion together with entrepreneurship. So that was when I started One Has and combining this with 433. So to answer your question, yeah, it's, it's a journey, right? So you need to see, okay, what's, what's the thing, what I really like and how can I combine it? And that's not for the last four years, four and a half years is that the, the thing. So I can combine it and leveraging in, uh, in one venture or actually uh, two. Did you always know that um, around the tail end of your career and at the very prime that you would kind of move into the world of sports or did it kind of just happen from like happenstance? Yeah, good question. Um, I wanted it, but it is not, it's, yeah. So you, you start looking, talking with people and combining. So uh, brands like Adidas or Nike, I worked with them in the past, but now to combine it, I definitely wanted it, and then this was the opportunity how we could combine it, starting this channel and combining it with, with digital uh, digital marketing. So basically, in your roles at like T-Mobile and other companies, you kind of got the first <clears throat> glance at like working with other bigger brands, and you started to build out those connections. And then later, when you decided to enter into the world of sports, it kind of naturally became a progression where you were able to tie in those other business connections and bring it to the world of sports. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how it happened. So I worked already with big corporate organizations in the past during my uh, corporate career. So I had the chance to work with them to really understand how it works in the corporate world. Uh, and then after that, so I always say, okay, I'm happy that I worked for 10 years in the corporate world and could understand and some basic things, what's normal in the corporate world, but not in the startup world. So I think that's, that's a great thing that I could combine this um, my experience within the corporate world and then working with, with the brands like Nike and Adidas and then leveraging and start working directly for my own company. That's pretty awesome. <clears throat> so now when we think about like you entering into the world of sports, like how did that kind of happen? Did you go to like sporting events? Did you meet players? Did you meet management? Like what kind of, how did that kind of progress at the very beginning? Yeah, great question. So what uh, to with the 433 channel, that was the thing what we saw. There's a Dutch guy, Rogier Deelstra is his name. He started 433 actually on Twitter. So that was the thing, how we combined it. We also, with my, with my previous um, business partner and also with my, but my current business partner, he's a pro, he's a pro former soccer player. So that's something where, yeah, you feel, okay, there is some interest and you start working with them. But... Uh, he started actually 433 on Twitter and we saw that so we uh, invited him and have a chat with him and say okay guys we want to work with you investing in 43 and really scale this to what it now is so a 50 million uh, followers network um, so that's how it started yeah and of course also uh, going to events uh, talking with the right people within the corporate organizations so again, I, I worked with those people already before. So then it's relatively easier to say, okay, guys, I want a meeting within Adidas or within Nike and starting the conversation. So a lot of what really helped you at the very beginning was kind of building out that personal brand by making those strong connections and building a reputable 
uh, reputation in front of these people from the very beginning when you were working at these other organizations. So when it came time for you to kind of move into the world of going out there and venturing off on your own, those connections were already established and they already knew your name. They already knew the work that you were able to do. And it kind of was able to help you streamline your efforts. Yeah, 100%. It, for, it's super important to really, and I, I strongly believe that all the relationships, what you build during all those years, I'm very careful with that and really, yeah, want to work with people on the long term. But I strongly believe the personal brand or just branding itself, yeah, that's where it's all about. So I'm, we, we strongly believe it's also within our company with Baller. It's a lifestyle brand, how we position it. Uh, four through three, right? We started it from scratch, and it's also now really a brand. Also for for my personal brand, I strongly believe, yeah, uh, it has so much power, and so yeah, that that's where we believe in, in within our three companies. Yeah, I could definitely see the tie-in there and how it kind of works so successfully together. Um, So I I feel that what your businesses now do extremely well is kind of in that world of branding, getting visibility, getting people to get engaged, getting people to be a part of the community and follow exactly what it is that you're doing. Um, When did you first start learning about the world of branding? Was it in your corporate world or was it kind of when you moved into the world of uh, going out there and becoming an entrepreneur? I already, yeah, during my corporate career, you see, yeah, I worked for Vodafone, Sony, so the big brands, that's also about branding, right? It's super important. And uh, yeah, so that was the first moment when I get in touch. But if you start your own company, and really start, so my first company, Enterprise Media, then it's really when you need to do all the execution by yourself. So um, that was a really interesting uh, way to learn, try, see what works. So we test a lot, a lot of A-B testing, see what works also in terms of content, getting the word out, see if it works, analyzing everything, and then come up with a second. So that was already what we were doing uh, during our, with, with our first company, and, uh, yeah, that worked out very well. So that's, uh, that was the way how I get in contact with, with branding. Nice. So a lot of it really came from, like, the trial and effort and kind of taking that creative mindset to really go and figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, I, I yeah. know um, one of the biggest things that's um, extremely difficult for any entrepreneur, any type of business person to do is at the very beginning phases of something to really go and find something that kind of like clicks and kind of works and kind of takes off. Um, what do you think was one of the most successful things that you did at the very beginning to kind of get things off the ground and kind of build that brand recognition? Yeah, what, what we believe is really don't overthink. So it's really about also just start and doing. Of course, you need to be, you need to have everything very clear. So fix the basics. Think about, okay, what's your value proposition? What's the market uh, fit? What is the problem solution fit? All those kind of things that that is in place. So that's, of course, super important. And when you have that in place, so the basics, then it's really about making the translation towards uh, the marketing strategy and then with, with your brand. So, and yeah, what I mentioned, so for us, what works, we have that in place. We start really just testing and see what works. And that's also what we now do for the bigger corporations. So, for example, like Nike or Adidas, we have one-year contracts with those um, brands, and then we just start, just start, and of course, there's a strategy behind it, but you need to test and see what works very well, analyze, and then come up with the second. If something works very well, yeah, just go ahead. So, also for people who just start their own organization, and in terms of branding, make sure you have everything in place, all the basics, and then with branding, yeah, start creating content, meaningful content, because I think nowadays you see also a lot of things yeah, what don't make sense for me. It's just putting out a picture there and get the most likes. But, yeah, just go back, step back, right? So think about the person who sees it and what does it mean for him or for her, and then, uh, yeah, take it from there. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, it's about time for us to hop off to a commercial break. Uh, where can people find you and your businesses online and kind of learn more about exactly what it is that you're doing? Yeah, of course. Uh, they can look me up uh, at my website. So that's just my name, Danny Kortungade. I can also spell it because it is a difficult name. And the same is my IG. So Danny, D-A-N-N-Y, and my last name is C-O-R-T-E-N. R-A-E-D-E, and of course, our channels 433 and 1.5. Perfect, and you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard Kim here with Danny Contrate. And we've been talking a lot about exactly what it is that kind of went into Danny's journey to go out there and build a successful brand. And um, one of the things that Danny kind of mentioned earlier is that he was able to really go out there and expand his company from the Netherlands and then open up a second office in New York and then open up a third office where he is now in Los Angeles, where I live as well. And to kind of go through this whole experience, especially with the pandemic nowadays, what the different shifts are going on in the world and how that kind of affects the world of sports. So first, I wanted Danny to kind of talk about his time in the Netherlands and then kind of move into this journey of how he moved over to L.A. Um, Danny, would you kind of be able to like shed some light on all of that for us, please? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yes, yeah, it is an interesting journey, as, as you can imagine, to move from the Netherlands, living there with my wife, two little boys, and uh, building a company from scratch. Uh, so I lived in Amsterdam for many years, also worked there for Sony and started my first company over there. So that, that's really where I start building. Uh, if you talk specifically about one and a half or three, so I start building the company in Amsterdam, also at a small office, just starting by myself. Um, yeah, and start scaling, right? Start scaling a company. And that's... Uh, that's a journey. That's a thing to have everything in place. I'm working with those big brands. So um, we, we had already a lot of followers 
uh, with 423, right? So we started building that one. And my job was to see, okay, how can we monetize this channel? How can we building this? So starting from Amsterdam, working with brands uh, like Nike, Adidas, uh, Puma, um, we did campaigns for them. We started small, but then we, for the first campaign, we started small, then a little bit bigger, all the way working with Western Europe. And after that, we start working on a global scale with those brands. And it went very well. So the scaling the company to, yeah, it was, uh, I think, 40 employees. And then we had a discussion internally with the other shareholders. And okay, we want to grow, right? We have momentum. We are in this, we are in a good space. Digital, digital industry is growing with 20% per year. Uh, so we are where the growth is. And that's good. So we take, okay, we have momentum. How can we scale on a bigger? So then we talked internally and said, okay, guys, we want to open a second office in New York. And so we did it. So I had a, had a chat with my wife uh, about, this, uh, about this dream also for me. And we did it. So we moved with our two little boys to New York to open the second office, expanding the business over there, working with brands like Nike, or the relevant group, uh, the clubs here, so we are our official partner from MLS, working also with LAFC, LA Galaxy, and that went went well. Only, yeah, everybody knows the pandemic hit in uh, how long ago? So it's now seven, eight months, and that's an interesting time, especially also in the sports industry, right? There's a lot of things going on. If you look at the games. There are no fans, right? They yeah. can't play with fans anymore. So that's a big thing. And especially if you look, for example, uh, let's, let's stay to MLS. If you look at the clubs, 60 to 70% from their revenue is ticket sales. So, yeah, if, as you can imagine, it, it's a big impact uh, on, on those clubs. So we are talking also with MLS. And, for example, I had a chat also last week with the general manager from LA Galaxy. But how can we help, right? We have a strong community, a strong relationship also with those people and a very high engagement. And so that's the thing where we're now talking about and see, okay, how can we help and stay in contact with all those, with all those fans and give them the right experience? So that's, that's an interesting journey. And um, yeah, so a couple of months ago, I moved from New York to LA to open a third office. And that's, uh, <laughs> again, that's an interesting time to do all those things. Um, but I believe, yeah, we, we are in the right spot. And sometimes it is not easy. I can be honest about that part. But on the other hand, we believe in it. Uh, we're doing great business, um, also with EA or, for example, with Face Clan here in L.A. So that, that's, that's an interesting thing. And, yeah, building, uh, building a company, it's, uh, it's, yeah, for me, the, 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 the greatest thing to do. Only thing during a pandemic, it can, it can sometimes be challenging. Yeah, I can definitely see it be challenging, especially during a pandemic, but it seems that you've been able to do a lot of different things to really go out there and expand. And with this new dynamic that the pandemic kind of brought into the world, it seems that a lot of this attention is really moving a lot more to these digital platforms. And especially if you built something that was able to get around a billion views a week, um, have you been able to like creatively think of ways that you could go out there and save these industries? Um, are there things that you're working on right now that are um, kind of uh, going to be able to help? Because it seems that um, if a certain stream of revenue, like 60% of it comes directly from the sale of tickets, and that's not really happening anymore, there has to be some kind of solution that uh, could really go and move the needle for uh, these companies, especially since um, so much of that revenue is kind of being lost, uh, especially since... The, the ability to go into an in-person event. I know, like, personally, I've gone to a few Lakers games, a few Clippers games, a few LA Kings yeah. games, and when you kind of had that experience in person versus, like, maybe watching it on the television, it's a lot different. And yeah, um, I don't know. It, it doesn't actually feel the same as if you're in that live in-person event, whether you're in, like, a box seat or whether you're in the front rows or whether you're in the back because you kind of don't get to actually see the players while you're actually there. Yeah, uh, 100%. It's, for me, the same. I'm also a big sports fan. And if you're sitting 
in a stadium or watching soccer or watching an NBA game. That's a whole different experience. That's the challenge, right, for all all those clubs. From okay, how can we stay connected and, and engage with, with our fans? And yeah, again, that's the conversation what we're having with, with all those brands. CK, how can we help? The thing is, what you also mentioned, digital is growing, right? Especially now with the with COVID, everybody is using their phone and using Zoom meets, Microsoft, all those channels to stay connected. So that's a fast forward. If the pandemic was not there, this didn't happen so fast. Uh, again, that's good for us as a company because we are exactly in that space. We also are channels. They grew faster. You saw of a de- not a decrease, but we saw it growing so fast because soccer was not, attention was a little bit lower, but after that it grew expansionally. So our main channel, we hit 30 million now. That was two weeks ago. Um, so there, there's a grow. There is something going on. And then we, we sit down with this club and, okay, how can we help? So we're tapping now a little bit more into also Latin America. Uh, because soccer is also huge in this area. So I had a conversation with the, with the VP from Adidas to see, okay, what can we do? Uh, and give them exposure, right? Exposure yeah. on the channel and helping them, for example, new talents or new athletes with uh, from Adidas to see, okay, we're creating more high premium content and give those players also a face online and helping them getting the story out. Yeah, a lot, a huge part of going out there and running any type of branding campaign to really be successful really comes into like the story elements that you kind of tie into exactly what it is that you're doing. And it seems that from whatever it is that you're doing, it's working extremely well, especially to build up such a large audience who's able to really tune into exactly what it is that you're doing. Um, what do you think are some of the story elements that really make what your platform does stick out compared to a lot of the other content that already exists in the world of the internet and on other traditional sports channels? Yeah, great question. It's For us, it's being authentic, and that's already for six years, five years now, and we call it with the players. So there is a lot of media and, and, and a lot of journalism and asking the, 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 the players difficult questions. Why didn't you score or other kind of stuff? That's not us. We are also showing other things all about what's going on within the soccer or football community worldwide. And the fans love it. So we stick to the locker room. So things what you see, the conversations there, also some funny facts. And that's what you see on the channel, and that's we stick to it already for five years to this strategy, of course. But yeah, there's a team of 35 people working on on, on Fortuity channel, so it's also yeah a, a high involvement team. Um, and then it's also telling. So we have a lot of snackable content, but now we see also that for the last month, year, we do also a little bit more high premium content, how we call it. So to say, okay, what's going on with a player and give them, again, what I was just mentioning, so a face and telling the, the story behind the player. Uh, so we're now also planning a documentary with uh, Jonathan Dos Santos. It's a player from LA Galaxy, and we will follow him. So we will give him a lot of more background information, what's going on in his life, and then you will see it on, on our channel. So what you kind of do is it sounds pretty similar to what I kind of do where you kind of take the person and you kind of unravel and share exactly who it is that they are and not just what their highlight reel is with their particular yeah. profession where they might be scoring like three goals in a game and then uh, being this um, immaculate player. But what you're doing is you're kind of taking the onion and you're kind of revealing the different layers that come in beneath it. And you're yeah. showcasing like who they are as a person, what they do in their personal lives and kind of making them more relatable so then other people 
people are like, oh, you know what? Uh, this particular player is a lot more like me and who I am, and I could see myself in a lot of similarities within them. So that's what's really drawing people into your audience, and then they could really go out there and create strong connections and emotional bonds with the people that they've been fans for for the last few years, if not decades. Exactly. That, that's that, that's what it is. That's what we do. So show uh, what, what you were mentioning much more than just the scoring the goals, but really about uh, who is this person and that people can relate to, to a specific player or uh, athlete. Yeah. And I see one of the biggest struggles with kind of doing that right now is it seems that a lot of your content would be focused in the world of video. And with, like, COVID and the pandemic and everything, like, it just becomes a lot more difficult to kind of set up those productions in a way where it's really safe for the players to do so. Have you been able yeah. to find out, like, creative ways to actually go and showcase all of this without actually putting, like, um, team players and everything at risk, um, especially with uh, everything that's been going on yeah. in the world? No, but this is a great question because that's what it is, right? You can't put also, uh, if you talk about LA Galaxy, they have a test one each day. So if today is a test, tomorrow another but the day after there is a, again a test. So they, they, it, it's super important that no player gets COVID, of course. But the thing is, how can you create content then, right? That, that's, that's very difficult. So we're now thinking what we did, uh, the Euro 2020 was, that was planned for this year, but it is postponed to next year. So what we did, we organized our own tournament with 43. We organized the 43 eSports with all the big players. So like uh, Lukaku was part of it for Belgium. And so you have for every country, you have a big player. And it was in the press, it was everywhere. So the, the players, they couldn't just play the game from their home. And then we distributed everything on for the tree. And it was a big hit. So that was one of the creative examples, what we did. So, yeah, you, you are in contact with your athletes and the community still can engage with those people, but they were just playing from them from their home. We're doing also some shots. So, for example, two weeks ago, we had a shoot with Tottenham in the UK. And it was possible with all safety and, of course, the face mask and all kinds of things. So we, and also in Germany, we had a shoot also here in the United States. So we're doing things. But yeah, we need to be very careful and to see how we can approach, uh, approach this. Yeah, I can see a lot of challenges with exactly what's going on. But it seems that you've really found creative ways to go and showcase people, especially when they're at their home. Um, <clears throat> so... Um, are you having like a film crew kind of go out to them? Or are they creating content on their own and sending it to you? Like, it, it seems that uh, the difficulties and the challenges that kind of go within that, um, you kind of have to get pretty creative with how you're uh, getting this content because your content's so focused on like the visual experience. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's both actually. So we reach out to them. Um, for specific campaigns or content creation. So sometimes they do also a takeover. So all the big athletes, they had a takeover on our channel. Um, and then you saw them, you, you, they give you a little bit more background information, what they're doing, what they eat, all those kind of stuff. So really, yeah, you can took a light, you, you can see what the, what's going on. And, and besides that, so they, they distributed to us and vice versa, we ask for specific content creations. And besides that, we're running also a lot of social media um, channels for athletes. So our team, dedicated team, will create the content, do the content strategy, but also the execution. So that's also how we are related and making commercial deals for those athletes. So that's also yeah, what we do within our company. Yeah, I could see why a lot of uh, large uh, sporting teams and athletes are really working with you because you're kind of going through a lot of the creative processes to really make their content stick out. And you're getting into very creative ways to go out there and highlight people, especially with using the digital channels and being able to share them with different people. So then they're able to go and showcase their um, 
what they do outside of work. Um, well, it's about time for us to go off to another commercial break. Uh, where can people find you online again, Danny? So they can find me on my website, sort of Danny Kortenrade, or my Instagram, also Danny Kortenrade, um, or just follow our channel, 423 or 1S. Perfect. And you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Uh, Leonard Kim here, and we're with Danny, and we've been talking about a lot of great things from his journey from going out there and expanding from the Netherlands to creating another office in New York to creating one where he is now currently in Los Angeles. And a lot of the challenges that he's kind of faced with this pandemic with COVID and working ways around it to get really creative and go and showcase his players to really go out there and propel and excel in their particular industry and how it's garnering so much eyeballs and attention. Now, when we kind of scale back a little bit and we kind of look at the entrepreneurial journey to kind of get there, most people start with a vision and some people, they know exactly how they're going to go out there and get there. And with Danny's company right now, he's got over 220 employees. A lot of things are going on in various portions of the world. And at the very beginning, it just started with an idea and with a few uh, a small amount of business partners and it's kind of scaled to the place where it's become this global enterprise and when we think about that entrepreneurial journey like not so many people know exactly how they're going to go out there and pave that roadmap out and at the very beginning I bet there were a lot of challenges but a lot of things kind of came into fruition to really make this happen so I guess when we go back to that early time and we look at that entrepreneurial journey and how it kind of turned into this massive thing that it is today um, how did that entrepreneurial journey start out? Did you start out with a plan? Did you just have a vision and it kind of came into place? Or was it something that you kind of just uh, was going with as time went by and then turned into what it is now? Or what kind of really happened behind that entrepreneurial journey and the spirit behind it? 
Yeah, great, great question. Great question. It is, yeah, it's a combination. So I started my entrepreneurial journey with after my uh, corporate career, right? I worked for 10 years in the corporate world and then started my first business. So, and then you're learning, right? You have some setbacks, you, you, but you have your vision. So I wanted to create a successful production company. And we achieved, we, we worked for Disney Channel, for ABN Amro, for big corporate organizations. And uh, we tapped into the digital part, the digital marketing part. So that was good. And um, after that, I built uh, the other company. So the, the liquid screen protector, but I'm still a shareholder of, and we, we selling this to, to big corporate organizations like Photophone. And then the one and a half, four to three journey began. And that was an interesting thing because I joined this four to three part that they already were started building the community, but they didn't monetize that part. And that was for me the most interesting way that I saw, okay, that's my vision. I strongly believe if you are in a specific niche, that's perfect. You can do such great things with this community. Um, so that was the thing what I combined with one and a half and four to three to say, okay, guys, I will be the guy and I can scale this company working with brands like Nike and Adidas and all the big corporate organizations and doing much more than that. So where we started four or five years ago with this company from scratch and we now have three offices around the globe. Yeah, that was the bigger picture to be the digital marketing and social media agency in the world. And that's still the case. And okay, how can we the biggest and the best in, in this place? We know how to build a community and then also think about, okay, what can we do else? What kind of revenue models can we do? So for example, we're now talking also with Nike about the e-commerce part and the selling the products via our channel. So that are really interesting conversations. But the entrepreneurial journey yeah, to start with, with zero, with not, nothing, and now within the three companies, so including Baller, um, th- then we have 220 employees. Um, that's, that's a lot. Um, and, but yeah, that's a, that's a journey. And if you look also at just all the startups that are out there, a lot of people, yeah, they want to be an entrepreneur. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a different story if you be one and want to be really successful. Because if you just look at the figures... 70% is failing, right? And that has all kinds of different of reasons. That is uh, something with the team or the ID, uh, the funding, the business, and the timing that are the most relevant topics or the most, yeah, the most important reasons. Yeah, and how can you really do it and what, what's the solution? I think it's very important to have the right uh, team. So look that you have the right business partners, everybody with his own experience and competence. Combine this, and then well, yeah, what I was mentioning, think about the market fit, because some people, yeah, they have an idea, they think, okay, this is great, I have a lot of passion for it, and they start. I also believe, don't overthink, but also be realistic and start testing, right? Don't start just producing or making a product. No, just take some steps back and think about, okay, what is exactly, what does the customer, and it's what are the needs? And it sounds very logical, but if you look just in a practical way, a lot of people don't do it. They just start working and yeah. yeah, think about your value proposition. Think about what's really the thing, what you're going to offer. And that's something where we are very sharp on within our company. Think about the business model also now, adjusting it. So with a pandemic, what can you do? How can you work and think uh, from also from a customer's perspective? And then, yeah, make it happen and, and really scale also during those times. So uh, it makes a lot of sense what you say when you really want to go out there and figure out exactly what the customer wants and kind of getting that nailed down at the very beginning and finding the right team to really go out there and work with. Um, I guess, mm-hmm. first off, when we really think about like what the customer wants, I know one of the popular things to do in the world of marketing is to really go out there and create customer avatars to really identify what the habits are of the buyers. Is that something that you are of the people who are the fans is that something that you kind of do or what kind of process do you really go into really figuring out exactly who the audience is yeah we do a, a, a lot of testing and talking just it's, it's really a relationship right so 
So if you don't talk with your wife, it also will end up in a short story. So that's also what we do with our own community. Have really the relationship with them, talking with them, response on every post and see what works. We analyze so much data to really understand what's going on. And that's, that's, that's gold. That's something that's, that's worth so much to see, okay, what's going on, all the things. Also for brands, we can test it on our channel within the soccer community and see what works or what people don't like. We have all kinds of researches within the company to see, okay, and that's good. That's where we believe in, in also within building a company, testing a lot and then see what works and adjust. And then if something works very well, okay, we go full speed and we will accelerate that part. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's the way how we, uh, we approach it. Yeah, I see the insights and the data and communicating with customers and fans really being a core essential part of really going out there and defining your ways so you can really separate and segment yourself out from the market. But then when I also kind of look at the market, there's so many big brands out there that kind of like miss the mark when it comes to doing this and they kind of skip out on the engagement where uh, – yeah. where people will kind of go out there and leave comments, but then they'll just like leave them sitting there and kind of yeah. do nothing with it. And yeah. it makes me wonder, like, as time goes by, are a lot of these big brands going to be seeing some challenges because they're not going out there and engaging with their customers and really building those strong relationships? Is it going to be able to cause them to have foreseeable issues in the future is, is that something that you kind of see as a big challenge that a lot of these companies are going to be having yeah i do yeah i believe it it doesn't make sense for me if you don't talk with your customer if you let's give an example if i walk into a store and i want to buy some sneakers and i'm asking and say hey guys how are you doing and nobody responds to me hey guys hi, hello I am responding to, and, and the, there's nobody coming to me that doesn't make sense at all. And then it's, of course, it's a physical store. But on social, if then somebody is saying, and, and you don't respond, that's the world where we're living in. You need to respond. You need to say something. You want to engage with your, with your customer and with the people who love your brand if they say something. Super important. You can't just step over it and think, okay, guys, it is what it is. We don't have the time. It's not that high priority. No, you need to be there. You need to talk with those people. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the biggest challenges that a lot of companies face is when it comes to like the information, a lot of it kind of gets siloed up where it's in one particular department, but then another department has absolutely no idea what's kind of going on in the customer line and the product yeah. department has like no idea what's going on uh, with the customers and no one knows what any of these other departments are doing because it's all just one department doing their own thing and they're kind of stuck into a box. Did you have those challenges when you built your company or did you figure out a solution to kind of make them seamless? No, great question. The thing is also we grew very hard in the last year. So that's also, we need to be careful, right? You want to be the startup and acting very fast because that's also what, yeah, what we expect also and what we do. We are 24 seven business. That's what we do. We have, comp we have the Europe time zone, APEC, but also here in the United States. We do the social media management for all this. So we want to stay and act like a startup and that everybody is involved. To be honest, it is a challenge. You need to be, have the right people on the right place who can manage that and talk with each other and, and manage it in, in the right direction. So uh, when we first started, I was the managing director managing and then you get your second layer so you have your management team and that needs to be the right people who are really capable of managing also the, the, the teams and talking with each other especially if you grow so fast yeah it's it's um it's still a people game so um yeah we, we manage it because yeah i think if you're looking at the results we're doing a great job but um, yeah it's it's you need to be careful and putting the right people in the right place yeah, and one of the things that you mentioned earlier is the importance of building a solid team. What's the core things that you look for in those team members? For me, team, it's also really about a person. So I, I believe you can train skills and all this kind of thing, but for me, it's also really just who's the person in front of me. 
So I need people in the team who think on Monday, okay, yes, great, I just want to crush it and I want to be here and I want, I have passion for the things what I'm doing and yeah, want to go for that extra mile, right? That's, that's important and it's also just a nice person who fits in the team, understands the culture and wants to be part of this journey. So that's, that's super important for us that there is a fit in the cultural, but also just a mindset and that part. And then, of course, also so the, the, the other skills and the things, uh, if you really understand what's going on in the digital marketing and all those kind of things. But uh, to answer your question, the first thing is also really about, about the person. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And when we really think about any business uh, whatsoever, the people element is probably the most important component about it because that's yeah. what we're working with. That's what we're building everything through. And the connections that we have with our teams, with our fans, with our customers, with everything. Building that personal element becomes the extremely uh, important part that kind of ties everything together. And it seems that a lot of your business is really, at the end of the day, a lot of the personal branding elements that really go out there to showcase your athletes, to kind of give them insights on their personal lives and to really go out there and make things move. And this is why your business is so successful where it's got over 55 million followers and over a billion views a week. And I can see why so many people are tuning into your channels. And it makes so much sense for people to really get involved into what you're doing, not just as a spectator, not just as a fan, but even working with you directly. Um, so with that said, I think a lot of people now would probably want to learn more about you, learn more about exactly what it is that you're doing. Uh, what What's the best places that they could go and find you online and really get to know more about exactly what it is that you're doing? Yeah, so um, they, they can look me up at my website. So that's my name, Danny, D-A-N-N-Y. And my last name, I will pronounce it, but it's, I will also spell it, Kortenrade, so C O. R-T-E-N-R-A-E-D-E. So that's my full name. You can look me up on my website or my IG so you can follow my story and what I'm doing uh, flying all over the world. It's now a little bit, uh, yeah, much more, not that intense at this moment as you can imagine, but for the rest, uh, they can follow me on, uh, on, on Instagram and uh, on our channels 433 and 1.5. Awesome. Perfect. And you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.